Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Eric and Jen Petty, from CrossFit Magnolia out of Magnolia, Texas. What's going on, you guys? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Alex. Of course. I'm excited to have the both of you on, husband and wife. Thank you. So I appreciate you for you know taking some time out of your busy schedule to be here with me. Um, but yeah, let's not waste any time here. How did you guys get started? What is it that made you want to acquire CrossFit Magnolia back in 2018? Yeah, short story is I think that I was just the member and the coach hanging around the gym the most when the previous owner wanted to sell. Um, But I got into CrossFit because the gym was across the street from our neighborhood entrance. So for the first year that we were in this neighborhood, every time I drive in and out of the neighborhood, I just kind of glance over and kind of look into their uh, garage doors and kind of think that looks like a lot of fun. So eventually wandered in there, um, joined, eventually became a coach. And then when the previous owner, like I mentioned, was ready to sell, we were the perfect time in our, in our lives to be able to take on that responsibility and that challenge. So there you go. So started off as CrossFit members, correct? So, so Jen, were you also, um, you know, a, a member at the CrossFit over there? Actually, it's interesting because Eric, I am not actually a big exerciser. And when Eric started CrossFit, I was like, okay, that's good. Go have fun doing that. And then what happened is he had an MBA, worked in corporate America, and just really hated his job working behind a desk, doing spreadsheets all day. There's nothing wrong with that. It just wasn't for him. And so he came home and he's like, I just, I need to quit my job. I don't know what we're going to do but I need to quit my job. So he quit. And at the time he was a CrossFit member. And I said, if you want to keep going to CrossFit, you're going to have to become a coach because we can't afford no income and a CrossFit membership. And so life with a logical solution always, (laughs) always. always. (laughs) And so he talked to the owner and he became a coach and he was coaching just two classes, the kids classes, actually, we have five kids. And so I guess she thought, he'd be perfect coaching the kids classes. So he coached those two kids classes for about a year and we still had no game plan. We were kind of working on some businesses on the side, trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And she approached him and said, and asked him if he wanted to buy the gym. And I was going about once a week, probably because my membership was included as well with his, that was all he got as a free membership. And, um, and so I, he came home and said, I want to buy a gym. And I said, okay, (laughs) let's do it. We sold a rental house, bought the gym that was in 2018. And we had about 65 members at the gym at the time. We had no idea what we were doing and just loved it and got more and more into it. And how's it been? What what numbers are you at now? Because no one saw the COVID haul coming either. And I know you're in Texas, so it's a little bit different compared to me in California, Mm -hmm. but how's that process been coming back now post COVID? Yeah, it actually has been quite a fun ride because 
Yes, we probably lost about 25 to 30 percent of our membership during when we had to shut down. But because of the demographics of where we are and being in Texas, as soon as it opened, people were ready to get out of their houses and come back and be around people again, get back in the gym and exercise. So as soon as we reopened, uh, people just started coming back in. Um, and it was also a great way to kind of refresh our membership. So the ones that were more serious, that were more part of the community and more invested in, in the community and in CrossFit were the ones that stayed. And then the ones that came back, not came back, but the ones that joined after we reopened were of the similar mindset. They were ready to kind of take control of their health and want to in invest into it. So after reopening was um, really people just kind of started coming back in. And we were really blessed because our members, if they didn't lose their job, they stayed and supported us. And I feel like it's through the members that stayed and supported us. Even during COVID, we loaned out every piece of equipment we had to our members. We tried online classes to support them, but really it's because they stayed and supported us that we were able to make it through. Yeah. Awesome. And so CrossFit Magnolia now, you guys started off pretty much being just group training. Now you've been pushing into the personal training and the nutrition side of things. Um, how many members are you currently serving at right, right now? So when we first took over, we had 65 right before COVID. We were probably around 120-ish. Okay. And right now we're sitting right at 200. Right at 200. There you go. Happy for you guys. So you're sitting at 200 members. I do always like to ask, is that a number that you guys want to stop at? Or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces? Yeah. You know, our mission is really to serve every family in the Magnolia area. And whether that's through them being a member of the gym or a family member of somebody at the gym, yeah. or whether that's reading some sort of content that we put out uh, to help them live a healthier lifestyle, we want to impact everybody in this area. And again, that doesn't have to be them giving us some sort of financial compensation for that. For a membership. For something. a membership, it's just being able to impact them. And so when we run numbers, we would like to grow a little bit more as far as the gym membership goes. But the bigger mission for us is to really just impact people and their desire to lead a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And it all connects too, right? Some people, you know, have a bad stigma of growing too much, which I don't know why they would, but it, it does connect. You know, if you do want to serve as many people as you could help as many people as you can, it does mean that you have to find a way to get members in, how to convert, how to, you know, sell them into your program. Um, and so for you guys, you know, wanting to see a little bit of growth right now, what type of things are you actively doing to aid that growth process? Yeah, we've been really, really fortunate and blessed as far as the people that we've partnered with and trying to grow our gym. Uh, we've done that through uh, another company that helped us, um, figure out how to develop a good sales funnel and a good way of being able to get back with people quickly and kind of um, lead them through that top of funnel all the way down to, to making that decision to join the, to join the gym. And that opportunity actually came through one of our members 
who was also in the fitness industry, uh, they pivoted and started this company called Offer Genius Correct. and helped us with that, that process. Uh, we've also partnered with Fitfiliate to help us to look at our gym more as a business and a way to continue to fuel our passion instead of just as a, a side hobby because we like, you know, like CrossFit. And so we've had some great partners that have helped us to kind of see the vision of how to grow the gym and how to keep people in the gym and then how to run the gym as a business with KPIs and goals and targets. Yeah. And, and I like your guys's viewpoint, at, at, you know, treating, it should be ran as a business, right? So what, what type of things did at least maybe the programs or the people that kind of helped mentor you, what shifts did it make you make in your business so that it could run more fluidly, you know, like a business, right? Yeah. And I'd say a big part is through Offer Genius um, and through Fitfiliate, they encouraged us to set up a leadership team, people that would help us. So we went from when Eric started or bought the gym, he was coaching 90% of the classes. We had just one other coach. And now we have six other coaches besides us too. And being able to bring in some of those coaches onto our leadership team. So it's not just us answering every single phone call that comes in, trying to follow up with leads. That was a big part of it, I think, is bringing in, and our coaches want to work. They want more hours. They want to see the gym grow and thrive and succeed. And bringing them into our leadership team was one way that we, one tip I think we got from these extra sources and mentors. Yeah. But then also another thing they helped us to realize is what get me what gets measured improves. And so we started measuring the average class size. We started measuring um, how many leads, how many appointments showed, how many we converted, uh, the attrition rate, the growth rate. So by focusing on those numbers, we've been able to implement a couple of processes that help us to kind of improve in those areas. So where we weren't really focusing on that before, now we kind of put a little spotlight on that and have been able to get better. And, and good for you. So many people have a bad stigma of tracking numbers, right? And it just shows you what you're doing well on, what you mm -hmm. can improve on, what you could scale, um, even as far as where you get your members from, right? It's like tracking where they come from tells you what really works for you guys and what to continue pressing on. When you guys look at how you've been able to grow from now 60 to 200, what was the main catalyst that brought the most members in? Was it more of a word of mouth play? Was it the digital marketing that you guys did? Um, up until last year, or up until probably the beginning of this, of this summer, or end of, up until the end of the spring, we didn't really do any marketing as far as paid marketing. Most of it was referrals, word of mouth. We do have good location. We're right on a main road and that helps, but a lot of it's word of mouth. Our members are happy to share and talk about the gym. I think we've really put a, an effort on customer service and making sure that we are serving our members. Yeah. We don't just want them to get a membership and then get lost and the shuffle, we're calling them if they don't attend for more than a week, right? We're checking up on them. We're making sure that they're working on their goals. Okay. Okay. And so how many leads would you guys say 
that you get on a given week or monthly basis here, given the ways that, that you guys market? Yeah, so we, without doing a lot of paid advertising at the moment, we'll probably get in between, I would say five to 10 leads a week. And on a good week, because they come in as a referral or because they've driven by or because they've taken a look at some of the content that we put out, they've been a little bit better prepared and we're able to convert most of them that will then, that, that started out as a lead. Um, and when you look at five to 10 leads on a given week here, do you think those numbers are sufficient for yourself to see the rate of growth that you want? Yeah, so if we can convert, say 70% of those, so getting say four to six new members per week, that puts us on about a 10 to 12% growth rate on a week to week basis, which would then we've got a goal of being uh, of, of this target that now kind of is within a, a two month um, possibility of when we started this whole process of where we wanted to be. And we started this process um, with Fitfiliate four months ago about, and our target was about 220 members. Okay. And yeah. And so we went, go ahead. I said, by, by when, just curious, like, when are you trying to hit that goal, that, that number? Yeah. In the next two months, probably we'll be able to hit that. Okay. Originally it was in the first quarter in that quarter. And it took us a little bit longer than quarter, but within half a year, we'll be able to hit our target from start to finish. Do you guys track as well, like your retention or Mm -hmm. attrition rate as well? How's that look to you guys? Yeah. So our goal at the beginning was to have 3% or less attrition. And for most weeks, of course, towards the end of the month, there is always a little bit of a spike, but on a general rule of thumb, we've been able to actually keep it around that 3% or less uh, from on a week to week basis. And, and that's difficult for a lot of CrossFit facilities. I've noticed attrition is one of those things that um, is always not the best in, in CrossFit facilities. What would you say? How, what would you credit to, you know, having such a good attrition rate? I think it really comes down to the quality of the product you're offering in inside the gym. And so if, if as an ownership, if we're able to convey to our coaches, the type of product that we're, or the goal that we're trying to shoot for, and then their ability to execute that within classes, making sure that everybody feels welcome when they come in, that there are plenty of scaling options for whoever joins the class. And then making sure that no matter what that scaling option is, that they don't feel dumb or weak or, um, or that the coach is annoyed because they have to come up with a different scaling option. Mm. So I think the way that they're able to execute and make people feel welcome is able to one, get them into the community where they open up, meet new people and meet new friends, and then they stick around. And our members are really welcoming as well as when people, when I have new people come in, I usually take them through the, the 101 class as we call them. So everybody who has not done CrossFit before they go through a 101 and a CrossFit 102 class to introduce them to the foundational movements. We talk about scaling and then they go to a class 
And whenever a new member comes, the members are just so welcoming. They're introducing themselves and we that's our our culture right we want this family friendly community that reaches out to people and i think that's really been helpful in keeping people yeah awesome so, so what does if you don't mind me asking like yeah. your sales process kind of look like here so even if it's myself who comes in as um you know as, let's say a friend or family lets me know about you guys are walking through the doors um, what's your process from turning me into an interested lead into a paid member? So if it's somebody who comes in who doesn't have CrossFit experience, we'll have them, we, we schedule a time, they come into the gym, we give them a tour, and then we probably spend about 30, 45 minutes kind of talking with them about what their goals are, why they want to come in, what they want to achieve, some of the things that have been difficult for them in the past, and then how we can help them kind of achieve those goals. And then usually if we're able to, you know, do enough listening and making sure that we understand what it is that they're doing, they will then sign up with a membership there and then start joining the classes. And do those intro classes. First. Yeah, they'll yeah. do the intro classes first. Um, now, if it's somebody who has gym experience, then we will typically invite them to come in to do a trial class okay. and then we'll have the same conversation with them after the class awesome so kind of like a, 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 a you give them a tour a consultation figure out why, why they're there their goals because everyone has a different reason right why, why yep. they're walking into your facility and then from there kind of have an onboarding process onboarding class is it one-on-one -on -one, the onboarding one -on -one. class it's one-on-one yeah. -on -one. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So those two 101 and 102 classes are pretty much a personal training session. They're two 60 minute personal training sessions. We do have them join the class for the warm up. And we feel like that's really important because after these two classes, they'll be joining a class. So we want the members to be seeing them and we want them to see that, hey, we can join the warm up. We can do at least part of the CrossFit. So they start to make some of those connections during that warm up, and then they'll separate to do personal training. The other people will do the class so that when they join the class, they have some familiar faces. And throughout this process, do you have your coaches partake in, you know, the consultations and making, you know, the selling as well? Or is that something that you guys handle yourself? Yeah, we actually just started bringing on uh, one of our coaches to help us out with the sales funnel process. And so she has been helping us respond to leads, scheduling appointments and signing people up as well. So that has really also freed up our time too. And I think that's one of the biggest things is before it was just us, we felt like we had to talk to every single person coming through the door. And we just went away to Las Vegas for our kids weightlifting competition and we get back and our coaches said, hey, I signed up two new people this Saturday. And it was like, great, the gym is still alive and running. And, so, and, and not just live and running, but yeah. growing while we're away. So. Right. Yeah, no, that's always a proud feeling. And I think the goal of every business owner, no matter the industry, is you know, to be able to get to a point where your business at least runs more like a well-oiled machine, right? To where you're not Absolutely. needed there for the day-to-day -day or where you feel like things are going to burn down without you there. Um, yeah. How's training been for that aspect? Cause it always, 
I mean, you're essentially almost teaching sales in a way, you know, to asking questions and, and you know, converting them to members. How's that process been for you guys? Because it's always difficult for yourself as an owner. You have a whole process that, you know, it's easy for you like this. But when it comes to training an employee to do it, it might be different sometimes. Right. And, and actually, one thing that Affiliate helped us with is kind of documenting our entire process. Everything that we do in the gym, to run the gym, to what happens when a person comes in as a lead and, ha- and doesn't have any experience. So we've documented in an operations manual everything that we do from when they call us or respond to a, uh, an ad on social media and then that lead comes in. What do you do? How do you respond? Right. Um, all the way through them becoming a new member. Awesome. Awesome. And I did want to touch on the social media aspect a little bit as well. Um, Are you guys doing any type of paid advertising, things like maybe Google SEO, Facebook ads, Instagram ads? We're not right now. We did for a period of time in the spring this year for about two months, we did some advertising and I'm not sure that we, we know enough about advertising yet. That's one of our goals for this next quarter is to learn more about advertising. Um, and so, but we did for a little, a short time. And during that time, even though the source may not have been directly from one of the social media ads in general, the number of leads that came in were more than what they had been in the past. Yeah. So not necessarily that we could track them directly to the ads, but you know, people will see an ad they might, they might ignore it or they might see it and then look us up on the internet. So visit our webpage and then submit an inquiry. So even though they might not come directly through our specific advertising funnel, they will kind of work themselves in through a different process. So during advertisement, we did get more leads though. Mm -hmm. And and did you guys run those in-house or did you have um, you know, a team or people that helped you run those ads? So when we signed up with Offer Genius, they helped us get the initial ads set up and running. Okay, okay. Awesome. And, and what but we hope of- to do it in-house now. Oh, it, it, it is a learning curve, right? I mean, yeah. I first started running ads in the golden era, quote unquote, in 2016 in Facebook. And I definitely spent a year losing and spending more money than I did making money trying to figure out the correct correct way to do things you know that Facebook business manager could look like Chinese too the the first time you log into it so um how's it been for you guys is it becoming more fluid for you did you learn how to run them run them yourself we're definitely learning I'm not I feel like I'm not sure if I can keep up with the pace that Facebook changes all its algorithms But I feel like we're learning. And I think that Facebook has done a lot of things that have made it easier for the average person to run ads. Like you put in the different content and it A-B tests it for you. And I think that that's really great because we don't have, you know, hundreds of dollars a month to spend on advertising. And I think it's important for us to invest our time into spending or even maybe not ours, maybe a coach wants to be in charge of that, that we can pay a coach to do that for us. 
Yeah. And, and I think as business owners, especially, you know, more so small business owners, we don't have all this money for advertising. So we want to see a return when yeah. we put the money in. Right. So, so sometimes when you can't see those numbers, it's a little bit discouraging. Yeah. Um, what type of offers have you guys ran on through your ads that you've seen has done well for you? Yeah, most of them have been just to come in for a free trial class. Okay. And I think next time though, when we, if we were to do that again, it, it would probably just more be a come in for a free consultation. Um, because free trials, especially with somebody who hasn't done CrossFit, you don't want to throw them just into a class and let them try out the class because one, if they've never done it before or even exercised in the last two years, then they're going to feel completely overwhelmed and you're going to be in an uphill battle from the beginning of that sales process. So having them come in for a consultation so you can start to develop that relationship from the very beginning and understand why it is they're coming in would greatly enhance their, their chance of actually wanting to then make those steps to change their fitness and, and health. So I don't think in answer to your question, I don't think there's any, real specific yeah. offer. We feel like we don't really need to offer a special deal, right? Like we're offering fitness and we want people who want to invest in their fitness. Yeah. I agree. I, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I have run ads in the past, like probably about three or four years ago to do a, like a 30 day challenge. And the people that came in from those ads were not quite as invested in, in themselves. They are typically the ones that are trying to, they, they see something new, go and try it and then move try on. to move on and then try the next thing and the next thing. And so we've kind of tried those things in the past and it's really actually been a lot better just doing come in for a consultation or just come in for a class. Awesome. And I agree. Um, you know, but when I say offers, I guess what, when it comes to digital advertising, especially the whole point is to get someone to stop scrolling and yeah. click on whatever it is you have going. So having an attractive offer is always super important in that sense, right? Even the free, free always works, free anything, you know, people stop scrolling and will click on that. So I've heard of that. I was even going to say the transformation challenges that you guys are doing. I've seen those kill it with some people. Um, and, and, but definitely figuring out how to target the correct audience that you want, you yeah. know, target more so high ticket clients as a CrossFit community. That's always important as well. Um, and I know you do have some other services you're offering. You're doing some of those challenges. Uh, you're doing private training now. What does that really look like? What type of new services have you guys been implementing into your business plan since buying the facility here? So for the past uh, year, we've started six-week nutrition challenges, and it's not so much a challenge like lose 10 pounds in six weeks, but it's an opportunity for people to really learn about nutrition. We, it's more educational, I would say, than uh, a contest, 
and we teach them about macros. We teach them about tracking. We teach them about what their body needs for fuel. We're, we're talking with people who have never, who don't know anything about protein, carbs, and fat sometime, right? They are starting from square one and yet they're in this group setting. So you share ideas, you share recipes, people are sharing their experience. And we've had a lot of um, success with, it's just a small group, maybe 10 to 15 people at a time. And my, uh, co my co-coach and I that are both uh, certified in nutrition counseling, we both help to lead this group. And that's been really fun. Uh, a, a fun way for people to add on to their fitness experience. We have people join from inside the gym and also outside the gym. And since we took over, uh, we were probably only offering about four to five classes a day. So we've, we expanded that between from when we took over to now. So we have eight to nine classes a day. And then again, like Jen mentioned, expanding through nutrition and then also expanding our, our original offers. So when people come in and we go through that consultation, then we'll present them a package that will be best suited for them, whether it is they want to focus on nutrition or if they want to focus on a little bit more of the personal training side in addition to their membership. And so we've expanded offerings that way as well. So when you're looking at growth right now and wanting to see growth, um, are you more pressed on growing the group training side, the private training? Um, does it matter to you? Is it both of them? It, it really is both of them because what would, what would give you the best return here as a business owners, right? Right. Um, one, we want to increase, like Jen mentioned at the beginning, we want to be able to get to an average of 10 to 15 per class, just to be able to improve the experience of those in the class. So we want to grow the group membership. But then at the same time, if you're giving away too much in discounts free memberships and stuff like that, then the amount that you're getting per client is so low, you've got to make that up with, right. with memberships. Yeah. So we really got to increase, like both of them are equally important. Um, so you're not having to kind of spin your wheels on one side to sacrifice the other. Okay. Okay. And, and you guys, if you had, let's say a magic wand here, right? A magic business wand. And you could have CrossFit Magnolia being the exact position that you guys want it. What would that really look like to you? I think for, for me, um, we've, we've got a goal of being able to have enough to support some of our coaches a little bit more. So for example, giving them more responsibility so that they have an opportunity to make more and also to develop more. So our goal, like Jen mentioned, is about 220, 230. And then we've also got a goal on, on, on how much like per client value that uh, we're trying to get to. Yeah. And I would say the with the wise. magic wand, he would probably love to double the size of our facility. Yeah, this is true. magic, right? <laughs> Uh, he'd love to, because our weightlifting club um, is growing as well, and we'd love to support them. Our kids are into the Olympic weightlifting, and we love that aspect too. So if we could double the size of our facility, have it open 
all day long, yeah. include other classes that support fitness, maybe like mobility classes. We have two mobility classes now in our schedule, but with the space and everything, that's, you know, not very many of those classes can fit in the schedule. And our kids program is great. We'd love to have a dedicated teen program. We have about, I don't know, 10 to 15 teens at our gym. Okay. And that's, I feel like, pretty a pretty good teen population and we'd love to see that group grow more too awesome real quick i know we're coming up on our time here but but what changes do you think you guys have to make to not only see the rate of growth that you want but to be able to support your coaches more in the way that you want as well yeah so we've actually been trying to develop a coach development program or coach leadership program so that we can continue to invest in them and their ability to lead classes and to become a coach rather than just a trainer, a trainer. Um, so that's definitely one thing that we're, we're actively pursuing right now is kind of developing that, that leadership coach development program. Awesome. I love it, you guys. I appreciate both of you for joining me today. I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode here. But before we do sign out, please give a shout out to your website, your Facebook, Instagram, just so the listeners can find some more info on you and your gym. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us at CrossFitMagnolia.com and the same thing on both our Facebook and Instagram, just CrossFit Magnolia. Yes, you guys, make sure you check them out. Eric Petty and Jen Petty from CrossFit Magnolia out of Magnolia, Texas. As for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, click like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Sifu G from Shu Harido Martial Arts in Palmetto Bay, Florida. What's up, G? How are you today? Hey, doing excellent. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I really appreciate it. Awesome. All right, so let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to have your own martial arts facility? How did you get started? Wow, um, I, I can tell you, I, I never planned it. Um, I never thought I would actually do it. When I look back, you know, in my younger years, um, teenager, even as a young man in my 20s, um, but it started with my love for Bruce Lee back in the 70s. Um, you know, I was four years old and my parents took me to a, a drive-in theater. Now, 
for those of who don't, those of you who don't know what a drive-in theater is, it's an outside movie theater with that's it's about the size of a building. And um, so imagine a four-year-old seeing Bruce Lee, like doing all of the things he did and all of the, ah, that, <laughs> that stuff. I mean, it was sensory overload for me. And so from that moment on, um, I was I was hooked and it was everything Bruce. And um, all the way up until 1985, when we thought he was coming back, that was the prediction, you know, after his death. So, um, but, you know, I got into everything that I could. Um, I read everything that I could um, when I was younger, when I was four, five, six. Um, in my school, my elementary school, we didn't have a whole lot of martial arts, you know, books. So I found boxing books. And um, there's a whole very deep um, explanation from then until now. But um, I created my own martial arts system based on, um, you know, my inspiration from Bruce. Um, I went through a whole lot of martial arts schools and dojos. And um, before I know it, by 1998, I had all of these notes, like 10 notepads, 30 pages each, filled with notes of just stuff. I mean, all different types of, you know, striking and kicking and grapples and ground fighting and all this stuff. Um, and, um, you know, and I also stuff on self-mastery, you know, I copied the dictionary and, you know, I studied everything I could on self-mastery, you know, more meditation, you know, biblical things. And um, I created this seven phase martial arts system. And um, in 1998, seven phases, seven belts, um, this name, Shuharido, um, the meaning of it, there's a deep, deep, profound meaning of the name. The symbol you see with the flame, it's a deep, deep, profound mean, meaning of that. Uh, flex fist boxing, all of these things. There's so much to, to what, I, what I've done. Um, I could talk about it for hours, uh, weeks even. So, but yeah, in a nutshell, um, I created my own martial arts system in 1998. And um, that's what led to me having a school today. I love that. So it's got some deep roots for yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. So now as far as your business model goes, the way that you structure things within your facility today, how does that work? Do you do mostly group classes? Do you do any semi-privates, any one-on-ones? What does the layout kind of look like there? Um, I do mostly group classes, uh, although I have done private. Um, and it's, it's more about, um, you know, the clientele that comes to me and, you know, I make adjustments. Um, I'm still in the position of, of growing to what this thing could, could possibly be. Um, I've been very humble. I'm a very humble guy. You know what I mean? So my, my, my focus is my love for the martial arts and, and for people and teaching them to basically not be victims of anything, you know, in this world, mentally, physically, or spiritually, if they could help it. Yeah. And, um, and so it's all about self-mastery for me, but also, you know, obviously, you know, if somebody wants to compete in tournaments, we do tournaments. Somebody wants to be a pro fighter, you know, okay, fine. Um, I have two pro fighters. Um, but the main primary focus is just on, on, on just self-mastery. So when someone comes to me, um, if they want to do private classes, um, I can make, a, make adjustments. I have, you know, advanced students that can do different things when I'm not there. So, um, but yeah, for the most part, it's group. But, you know, I make adjustments. Yeah, Okay. All right. And how many uh, members, students, clients are you serving within the facility currently? Well, right now it's, it's just 30, 30 students. Um, I've had as many as 70 before. Um, you know, obviously, you know, COVID, you know, knocked a lot of people to their knees. So, <laughs> um, you know, so we, we are in a position of, um, you know, 
climbing back, you know, so um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. And so as far as marketing and advertising, everybody always, this is, I mean, the main area where most gym owners struggle is getting people in the doors, right? And actually mm-hmm. letting people know that you're there, what you do, etc. So as far as marketing advertising goes for you, how do you get the word out there about the facility and what you offer? You know, ironically, um, <laughs> I haven't had much of a marketing campaign, um, you know, it, and that's something I'm focused on now, really focused mm-hmm. on um, just marketing. Um, but in, in the beginning and up until two years ago, uh, three years ago, it was word of mouth mostly. You know, I, I did flyers and I did, you know, um, you know, business cards um, and I have a YouTube channel, you know what I mean, where I promote videos. I have Instagram, you know, where I promoted videos, but um, as far as having a marketing campaign, you know what I mean, that really goes out there and, and gets it, I haven't had that. So um, I know once I get the word out, like with a real powerful marketing strategy, I know my school is going to blow up. Um, but again, I'm a humble guy. So, you know, now it's just like I'm thinking, I'm saying me and I don't want fame, you know what I mean? That's the thing. So it's it's kind of like a, a catch 22, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I want everyone to know and I want everyone to become powerful with what I do, because if a person takes my training and follow the path that I teach, they're going to become powerful, period. I'm going to tell you that right now. I make powerful people. You know, you're in my circle. You listen to what I say. You become powerful. And um, and so I want everybody to have that. And so now I have to just look and say, okay, forget all this being, you know, uh, modest. Yeah. Forget that, you know. So that's where I'm at now. Right. Yeah, it's like a, a hard balance almost because – I understand that, you know, wanting to be humble and, and modest and whatnot. But then on the other hand, it's like, you know what you provide and you want to be right. able to share it with as many people as you can, you That's know, right. and if you're not reaching those people. You're not helping those people. Exactly. So- yeah. So that's exactly. a, it's like a, a hard kind of balance, but you Cash can I mean, yeah. definitely remain humble and, and grateful and remain who you are, but reach right. more people and help reach more people. people. Yeah. yeah, that's where I'm at with it, you know? Yeah, right. So. That's what it's all about, you know? And that's something that a lot of, um, like I said before, like a lot of gym owners struggle with because it's not something that you're taught ever, you know? It's like, right. and it's not even just within fitness. I mean, most companies, it's like, okay, how do I find a consistent way to feed the business with quality leads, quality right. business, you know? Right, right. Um, that's always like the number one question. So, Indeed, yeah. Um, but also, you know, one of the most important skills that you can have as a business owner to be able to feed the business when you need to at the drop of a hat. So mm-hmm. huge, huge game changer. But yeah, I mean, it sounds sure. like you've got a really good product and a really good system in place. It's just mm-hmm. getting it out there to more people. Right, right, right. That's where I'm at right now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I always like to ask about, uh, key challenges within the business. So either, uh, challenges or bottlenecks, obviously reaching more people. That's always one for everyone essentially, Mm -hmm. but beyond that, are there any, um, challenges within the business that you're facing right now? Uh, that's kind of like taking a lot of your attention. And if so, what are you doing to work to overcome those challenges? Hmm. Uh, 
again, it's just understanding the whole uh, marketing thing, how a corporation would, would, would focus on marketing. You know what I mean? Right. Um, like, you know, I've, I've gone a million levels deep on the product, on the service. You know what I mean? The service is impeccable. You know what I mean? If you come in, you, you're going to be funneled through these stages that just will just level you up in ways mentally, physically, and spiritually. So that goes a million levels deep, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, wait a minute. Marketing. Okay, right. wait. What, what are those industry like terms and industry like things, proven principles and practices that those are the kind of things where I'm like, okay, I got to learn that. I have to yeah. really learn that. You know what I mean? So that's right. been the, the, the primary focus and challenge right now. Um, you know, you can have the best service, you know what I mean? And only you and your circle knows about it and your circle doesn't grow that far. Right. You're not reaching out and getting those people. So yes, that's kind of the the, the challenge right now. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you, you definitely don't want to be the best kept secret in town. That's for sure. And I'm glad that you put it that way because, you know, the amount of gym owners that focus on just word of mouth and aren't really wanting or willing to branch out beyond that is kind of mind blowing. You know, because like you said, it's like, if only you and your circle know about it and they, yeah. Did they have people outside of your circle, friends that you don't know? Yeah, of course they do. But it's like, that's limited. You know, you're just limiting yourself and the potential and the possibilities and the amount of people out there, there are, there's no lack of people that need your help. You know, like there are plenty of people in this world that need fitness that need nutrition that need accountability that need mental help that need spiritual help guidance in those areas you know like there are so many people there is an abundance of people that need that help but it's like if you're not letting them know that you're there and the services that you provide you're not doing yourself any favors and you're not doing them any favors either because you have something that they need and you're not letting them know that you're there right 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 absolutely you know and it's like people are just so limited, like, well, I just want to, I want like-minded people. And it's like, okay, well, target, right? right? Like right. target your marketing then. <laughs> Speak mm-hmm. directly to who it is that you want in your facility. That's okay. Yeah. But don't right. limit yourself and don't uh, hold back the services that you provide from the people that need it. Like that's right. crazy. No, you're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I- can't, can't agree more, you know? Yeah. And that, that whole thing about finding like-minded people, um, you know, there's a code that I teach, you know what I mean? So yeah, I want you to become powerful. I want you to become strong and fit and all that stuff. But I also want you to have a code, you know what I mean? That you live by, you know what I mean? A code of honor. And so in my system, code is everything. And so when I am recruiting <clears throat> or if i am got somebody coming in, I'm looking at that person and I'm seeing, okay, um, I want to help them, but how how bad is their issue or problem? And is it is it bigger than me? <laughs> you know, right. is it bigger than is it bigger than this this what we what we have to offer? Yeah, they they love the training, but they got a character flaw that's really bad. Right. So, you know, that that's that that's that's one of the things where I'm like, okay, um, this may not be a good fit. You know, mm-hmm. so and I've had to tell a couple of people that. Like, you know, it's not a good fit. You know what I mean? So, right. you know, so that, yeah, that, that, that is somewhat of a challenge, you know, from time to time, you know, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're not for everybody and that's okay. Yeah. You know, like if somebody doesn't fit into what you're doing, then chances are you're not going to provide them with the highest level of service that you could or that they need because it's not a good fit. So it's okay to tell people, you know, this isn't, this isn't a good fit. Um, So, and, and you know what, and what you just said, I'm not for everybody, but I need to tell everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. You, You need to get the word out there to everybody so that, you know, if you are a good fit for somebody that, knows somebody you know then then that's helpful but yeah not limiting yourself absolutely but you know like you said it's staying true to who you are and the services that you offer and not being afraid to tell people you know this isn't a good fit is that's okay you know but you got to increase the amount of people that you're reaching so that you can tell people that (laughs) they're not a good fit you know (laughs) right right absolutely that's uh they go hand in hand that's for sure um So it sounds like you've got kind of big visions for the business itself. So I always like to ask about goals and the direction of the business and where you're headed. So kind of give us like the big picture goal. Where would you really like to see this business? Okay. Well, man, I, (laughs) um, here's what, what, one of the things that really opened my mind to, you know, that it's, it's, I need to tell more. I need to like, Think about marketing mm-hmm. is that I have students now that, and since the beginning, you know what I mean. I've had students that were really loyal. You know what I mean, really loyal. And um, as Shuhari Do has evolved, um, you know, I've written books based on my system. You know what I mean, based on my philosophy, based on my story through the martial arts, right? And more books are coming, right? Spe- speaking about how I created the system from age four on up, all of the maniacal things that, that I did. I did some maniacal things in the 90s. I mean, I, like I said, I copied the dictionary. I went celibate for six years, perfecting the martial arts during this time. I would go in the woods, in the park, and read the Bible and practice martial arts while I'm reading the Bible, while I'm meditating. Um, I, um, what else? I was, um, you know, I, I went to so many different dojos around, uh, around Miami uh, and, and South Fort Lauderdale, um, South Broward, um, you know, just, I would have to be in school or at, you know, at work and I would jump on a bus, go to a dojo like 40 miles away and I gotta be at work in two hours. And I would sit there at the dojo for like 30 minutes taking notes and looking and speaking with the sensei. And then I jump on the bus and just make it in time for school to work. Right. Um, I mean, there are so many things that I did, Um, you know, um, I mean, every minute was pretty much packed with something. If I wasn't in church, but wasn't wasn't in a bookstore or a library, I would be in a bookstore in a library with 20 and 30 books on the table, like just consuming knowledge about Mm -hmm. just different things, you know, especially body mechanics and self mastery and um, combat science and, you know, living by, by a code. And so um looking at what I've created and looking at all of the books and even I have students that are making music about my teaching like they got there's about five rap songs that they made that are awesome like that's so cool I actually teared up listening to their words talking about my teachings right and um and all the different things that I say all the different slogans you know flex fist boxing and you know um you know uh reps 
don't lie and you know repetition is mastery all of the things that i say you know what i mean um and uh, the meaning of shuri do so looking at all of that um i want more people to know why because i have black belts that are going to happen this year right mm -hmm. and i've been waiting 24 years for my first black belt student and the reason why it's been 24 years is because i don't give belts away number one but number two mm -hmm. It's things happen. People go to college or they go away and they get married or they, whatever the case may be. So they get up to red belt and boom, uh, see if I, I'm gonna have to go, you know, that type of thing. So it's been 24 years. And this year I'm gonna have my first three black belts. So looking at that, I'm saying, yeah, this thing has to, cause one day they're gonna open a dojo and I need to have the marketing strategy. I need to have yeah. the marketing. <laughs> I need to have all this stuff on point so that I can pass it on to them. You know what I mean? Not just the martial arts, but how to run the business, you know? So having these protocols in place are very important right now. So, but my my vision um, setting the stage is to have this big huh, Shaolin temple type thing, right? Where it's open six days a week and it's, you know, 12 hours a day, you know what I mean? Where people are coming in and they're learning all of the different principles, you know, all of the different things of the different phases. Um, I mean, there's so much within the seven phases. And then after that, there's the black belt phases, you know what I mean? Where they're learning the weaponry, they're learning all of the different things and they're going from the right side to the left side and mastering the weak side. There's so much deep stuff about what I teach. Like I said, it goes a million levels deep. Mm -hmm. So looking at all of this and looking at my students making music, right music about shu harido shu harido songs and they're talking about making an album right called the shemayim album and shemayim is you know heaven uh in hebrew it's the word heaven in hebrew so this is the shemayim shu harido or the shu harido shemayim temple or dojo right but they're singing about it you know so i'm like hmm, yeah i really have to i really have to get the word out and i need to have a monster Mm -hmm. marketing campaign and right. know all the protocols because mm -hmm. where i want to take it is to the point where it's on the level i mean obviously shaolin temple of shaolin temple right that's 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 a legacy that is untouchable right it's untouchable however um somebody created kung fu mm -hmm. you know bohadama he created kung fu well i found it you already know mm -hmm. you know so that's a leg legacy in itself you know what I mean? Right. And, um, and so wherever it fits, you know, the sliding scale of legacies and all that stuff, it is what it is. So I have to put the protocols in place to make it be as big as it, as it could possibly be. And my vision is to have a, some, it's a name where people like, you know, it's a, it's like a temple, like, like a place where, you know what, I'm going here not just because I want to be a boxer, not just because I want to be a kickboxer, not just because I want to do MMA, not just because I want to learn self-defense. I want to master myself completely. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's my, my ultimate vision where somebody thinks, like when you think of Shaolin Temple, that's what you think about. Mm -hmm. You think about mastery and meditation. You think about all those things, right? Not just people who can fight. So that's kind of my ultimate vision. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you your your level of commitment to what you've created is huge you know because you've yeah. gone through it all yourself and yes. that's a a big part of it to be able mm -hmm. to 
speak on it, to be able to teach other people, to be able to essentially sell your mm -hmm. services. Yes, yes. Um, and that's huge being able the the level of commitment that it takes to to go through that process and get to where you are is amazing yeah. you know it's it's Thank taking you. you years to build this so now it's like yes. it feels like the only thing that's missing is just getting the word out there to more people you know just letting them know what you have what you do and, right. and where you are you know so right. that's yes. a a simple step in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's like, you've gotten right. to this point and you've got the services and everything is structured and it's just like, all right, well now how do we get it out there? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yes. That's a, a, a simple fix in, in the grand scheme of things. In the grand so that's scheme, good. Right. <laughs> right. Right. All right. So now, um, I always like to ask every gym owner that I speak with, um, a piece of advice, like if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing, going their own way, kind of creating their own thing, what would that be? What's one of the most important things that you've learned throughout your experiences coming up in the industry or in the industry thus far? Man, that is, <laughs> that is a great question because um, how I teach my students is <clears throat> in Shuharido, the, the word Shuhari means the three stages that one takes to the martial arts from simple imitation to development of one's own style and personal development in the martial arts. And so the reason why I chose the word Shuhari and I call it Shuhari Do, the Shuhari way is because that is a, the exact stages that I went through. I imitated and copied my senseis and grandmasters and I copied nature and look at, at different things, but I wasn't planning to create a martial arts system. However, as I began to look at what my expression is and the things that I learned, I began to create. And that's when you saw me writing the notes down and the notes ceased to be just copying and expressing basically, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. And then, like I said, in 1998, it happened. I created my own system and then I perfected my own system. I developed and perfected it. So you look at you already know, the simple imitation creation of one's own style or way, and in personal development, that's mastery, right? And that's the lifelong process. So the way I describe it is imitation, creation, perfection. So when you look at the symbol, you see water, light, and fire. Mm -hmm. Water is the imitation. Water copies, water reflects whatever it, it, it shows or whatever it's poured into. Light is the creation, a light bulb, your thought. Mm -hmm. And fire purifies. So fire is perfection, right? So the way I describe it is imitation, creation, perfection. So my advice to anybody, right, that's trying to do something, right? Look at the proven principles and practices, right? right of how to do something, right? And then don't be delusional and just step out there and try to reinvent the wheel, right? You're just stepping out there and that's not a proven principle what you're talking about, right? Look at the proven principles. And then once you have a basis, a foundation of the proven principles, right? Then you begin to create, and what you're creating is making sense, right? And then it's just your own expression, but you're still got a foundation of like practicality, right? And right. then you perfect, you perfect what you have created. So now what I'm doing right now with the marketing, I'm looking at proven principles. So I'm repeating the same process, right? Yes. I'm looking at the proven principles and practices of marketing right and then i'll find my own way 
right within that that perfectly like fine tunes in, in, in you know what my my ideas are my goals are right so right. in a nutshell imitation creation perfection copy express create and perfect yes i love that and i i mean it makes total sense you know and especially when you talk about proven systems you know it's like yeah. why would you not want to start with proven systems and then make it your own you know right. So find what works, but then mm -hmm. make it your own. And I think a lot yes. of times people get stuck on finding what works because it's like a lot of times ego gets in the way, you know, they don't mm -hmm. want to follow someone else's system right. because they think that they have all of the answers themselves, Right. you know, so that gets in the way often. And then it's like, well, I don't want to do it exactly that way. So right. I just write it off completely rather than, right. okay, well, this is what works. And then how can I make adjustments to make it work better, better. for me? Right. Absolutely. And that, and and that, is, that, is, yeah. that is exactly the problem. You know what I mean? Um, and that's that humility thing, right? It, yeah. it's, it's like, you've got to humble yourself and just look and copy. You know what I mean? And when I was reading all of those books, like I said, I must've read thousands of books because I was maniacal with it. If I wasn't doing anything physical, any physical training, I was doing something with my mind or praying or doing something like that. But like I said, as far as just getting information, I was just thousands of books on the, in, the, in the library, bookstores, just going through them. And so that gave me an overload of information. And mm -hmm. so when I created my own thing, it was just like, like breathing. <laughs> it just, it was just coming out of me. I had so much information. And right. then, you know, putting my own expression on it, you know what I mean, was was what came next. Mm -hmm. And then the mastery perfecting it was was the, the last part. And I'm still doing that. It's still evolving, you know. Right. So right. so um, but yeah, just being humble and looking and copying, you know. But mm -hmm. at the same time, staying at the imitation phase can also be a problem. Like if you yeah. stay at the copying stage, then you never truly and positively express yourself. Right. You know? You're just a reflection. And that's fine. Okay. You can make money just, just doing Burger King, right? That's Burger King. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. You can't change it from Burger King to Burger McDonald's, right? That's, yeah, right. Mix that, right? So, so it's Burger King. That's fine. If a person just wants to copy, right. They want karate, Shotokan. All right, Shotokan. All right, fine. You're Shotokan master. Me, I moved from Shotokan, from Kyokushin, from Muay Thai, from kickboxing, from Wing Chun Kung Fu, from Praying Mantis, from Muay Thai, from Ji Kune Do, mm -hmm. to Shuhari Do. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you gathered all of the information in the beginning and then, yeah. you know, made it work for you and, and created your own system based off of that and all of the things that you've learned. And that's also something, you know, a lot of people don't want to put in that, that type of time and effort, you know, to learn, but yeah. it's crazy. Cause like all that information is out there, you yeah, know, you can get there. it, it's, it's out, out there, there. you know, and we've got books, we've got the internet, we've got like I the internet you. in and of itself is just a completely endless Boom. resource. Boom. And it's like, <laughs> I didn't have the internet when I was doing it. So it's like, I had to go to the libraries to get mine. I had to get mine totally right. organic totally yeah. organically you know what I mean <laughs> so right. you know but I looked at Bruce and I looked at different people and Bruce was a maniac with his what he did I mean I, I maniacal 
and I, and he was kind of one of my biggest inspirations as far as this and um just having a maniacal approach to pursuing not knowledge and self-mastery so right that's what you have to do exactly well that's what separates the good from the great you know Indeed. it's like most people aren't willing to put in the work take the necessary steps to get to that next level right it's like everybody wants to be there but there's a very small percentage of people that are actually willing to put in the work to get there right right absolutely absolutely yep so that's that's huge i love mm -hmm. that i really like that um that concept you know and the the whole concept around what it is that you do and how you teach i, I really like that that's awesome hey, it kind of ties everything together and makes it um easy to understand as well yes. mm -hmm. so that's Absolutely. huge yes. love that yes. all right so as we start to wrap up where can the listeners find you on social media okay um you can find me on instagram at Shuhari underscore warrior path. Um, Shuhari underscore warrior path. Um, there's another Shuhari do account, but that's not the official one. That's my one my, that my son does. But um, yeah, those, that's as far as Instagram and on YouTube, you just type in the word Shuhari, Shuhari Doe. I'm sorry, Shuhari Doe. Um, you can put all the letters together and it should pop up. You'll see like a red, um, a red whatever you call it, avatar, icon, whatever that pops up. And um, you can subscribe there. And then on YouTube, it's GJ Harris. Um, and there's also Shuhari Doe on YouTube as well. Um, same thing on Twitter. If you type in Shuhari Doe, um, pretty much that is me. You really won't find anybody else with that. Uh, that is me. So um, pretty much Shuhari Doe uh, on social media and, and you'll, you'll find all things me. Perfect. Right. And also the website as well, shuharido.com. And then there's shuharido.net. That's the store. Um, there's shuharido, the blog, Warrior Path, uh, Warrior Warrior Wisdom. Um, that's the blog. So it's a lot of stuff out there. Absolutely. Awesome. That's perfect. All righty. So Sifu G from Shuharido Martial Arts in Palmetto Bay, Florida. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. And if I if I can say one more thing, absolutely. Um, yeah, I have a um, an online course um, called Flex Fist Boxing, and uh, I teach flex flex fist boxing in the dojo. Um, it is a non conventional uh, form of boxing that I teach. Um, it teaches you to be explosively fast um, and how to hit hard, like harder than you've ever hit before. Um, there are 10 principles that I teach in FlexFist Boxing. You can learn this with the online course. It's a 16-minute video that you that you know that, that you can learn all the principles. And then you get the free book and you get another book called The Awareness Formula for free. Um, that's all about safety and awareness and self-defense. So um, that's FlexFist Boxing. Um, you can go to the YouTube channel um, and you can find it out, or just type in FlexFist Boxing online course. And you can get that. And it's only $19.99 for the whole course. Awesome. Cool. All right. Perfect. All right. So all the listeners out there, make sure you check all that good stuff out. Lots of good content there for you. And in the meantime, make sure you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. And make sure awesome. you keep feeling it out there. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Words Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show are Anthony and Mark of Redline Athletics with two locations coming to you from Maryland. Gentlemen, how are you today? What's going on? Doing great, Joe. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for letting us join. Certainly. And and so, guys, guys, I'm excited to dive in here. for the people in the industry, Redline is certainly a, a growing brand and a growing franchise, but for the people who don't know or may not be aware what it is, why don't you tell us a little bit first and foremost about Redline Athletics and what it stands for? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So as, as you mentioned, Redline is a, <clears throat> is a, is a franchise. Uh, I think there's probably about 40 locations uh, open throughout the U S they're headquartered in, in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's, 100% focus on youth athletic training. Uh, it's uh, becoming a better athlete tomorrow than today. It's about injury prevention. Um, you know, there's some great tech- technology, fusionetics uh, that, that we utilize. Um, and it just, it just kind of fills that void, at least for us uh, in the community that we're, that we're in, having a facility that's 100% youth focused and focusing on um, having great trainers, um, helping the kids become better athletes, uh, helping them become more fit, helping, helping the kids focus on injury prevention. And we focus on not just those elite level kids are going to go play D one ball. Um, it's ages eight to 18 and, and it can be, it can be the, the son or daughter who just needs to get some exercise and, and get off the couch and get away from the Xbox, which is a huge sure. need after COVID and the pandemic. And we also focus <clears throat> on those kids that are, trying to get to the next level, trying to start for their varsity high school team at whatever sport. And the, and those kids as well, who do have aspirations of, of playing college athletics. Um, so, you know, we, we are sport agnostic. Uh, mm. It's, it's athletic training, it's injury prevention, which uh, translates well across all sports. Uh, we will provide sport specific types of camps and clinics and activities based on what our membership needs. Uh, but generally, our core semi-private classes Monday through Friday, Saturday morning, are just to pick out, just about becoming you know quicker, faster, stronger, uh, more fit, more balanced. Got it. Okay. And, and so, established franchise, certainly growing nationwide. But as I understand it, your specific locations are fairly new. Talk to us a little bit about when the idea started that you were going to open up these franchises, and then later on when we actually got the doors open. 
Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's been a bit of a journey. Um, this has probably been going on three years now. Um, yeah. The pandemic literally, you know, took a year and a half really out of the process. And and the way it started is, uh, I have I have three young children, and and two of my boys were heavy into basketball and and playing for some local clubs. And uh, one of our coaches wanted to go out and start his his own AAU club and and ask for my assistance. Um, from the business side, I'm, my background is not athletic training. I played sports, uh, played basketball a little bit in college, but I'm, I'm not a trainer. Um, I coached to about third grade and then I handed over to the professionals for my boys. Um, but I helped him from the business side. We started an AAU program and, and really bec what became kind of evident to me, at least in the, in the, in the DC DMV area is we have a, a phenomenal number of uh, coaches and trainers that are extremely talented. And we have, uh, you know, one of the best metro areas for youth athletics. Um, but there was a, a void in athletic facilities that, that catered to, to just the kids. Sure. And so that really is, is what started it off from a business perspective. I, you know, I thought of it as this is, this is just a great opportunity from a business perspective. And then a great opportunity to just you know, provide you know, provide facilities for kids. And so it probably started three years ago and really started out. Uh, I was going to make it a basketball only facility. And then it, it eventually evolved into in, into what Redline is and, and serving more than just basketball. Yeah. Um, so about three years and and, you know, the, the tall poles in the process are finding a location, especially in our area. That was going to be my next question. You teed me up. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. Finding the location is extremely important, obviously um, just from physically where it sits, but then the makeup of the, of the gym and, and making sure you have the right size, you have the right clearance, you have the right height, um, the right demographic um, monetarily and from a youth perspective. So those are, those took a bit. And then when you find the location, the build out and, and uh, getting the facility built out the way you need takes some time. And then as ever, everybody in the world knows now, the logistics coming out of COVID were crazy. And, and that literally delayed our opening for our Clarksburg facility by a year and probably delayed Kensington by six months. Um, you know, we opened Clarksburg and K Kensington both uh, within two months of one another. And the plan was to have them six to nine months spread apart. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm aggressive and, and, and push things, but I, you know, it's, it's a bit, um, it's a bit aggressive to be open to facilities at, at, at virtually the exact same time. So I, I agree 100% there. <laughs> that wasn't planned. And for anybody listening, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. Don't recommend <laughs> it. Now, Mark, yeah. what, what spoke to you about the franchise route versus going sort of your own creative brand? Yeah, that's a great question because I struggled with that a bit. I, you know, I, like most people thought about a franchise and, and, and it sounds great and then got concerned with, I don't want to be, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I would struggle with the value of the fees that I'm paying, especially the royalties on an ongoing basis, yeah. which I think is, is probably something that a lot of people think about. And, and, and that was why originally I talked to Redline, looked at Redline, and I kind of backed off a bit and was, you know, was still going down the path of just opening my own gym. And, you know, what ended up moving me to the other side is I spoke with some people who had had multiple franchises, some friends in my neighborhood. And, and they, you know, I, I talked to them about that specific question. How did you get comfortable with the fees and the royalty? And, and really where they came back to is when you start your own business, whatever it may be, there's a lot of 
uh, a lot of swings and misses, you know, a lot of mistakes that you can make Ignorance as a new tax. entrepreneur. Yeah, uh, exactly. You don't know what you don't know. And, um, and that ends up costing you um, a lot of money at times. It costs you time. And, and, and sometimes it's what prevents businesses from being successful. And the way they viewed it is uh, if you find a good franchise with good support, with a good, with a good playbook, um, that there is um, more value than what you're actually paying for and not having those swings and misses, having a tried and true system, uh, a program around social media, uh, uh, you know, an, an operating playbook, logos, uh, vendor connections, guidance on build outs and site selection and, and all of that. And so that's, that's really what brought me back to the franchise model is that support <clears throat> that they bring and, and kind of instead of, you know, starting at the 20 yard line, um, after kickoff, you're starting at the 50 or the 45 and, and, uh, um, it gets you a little farther down the field. Yeah. I think like anything in life, there's probably good examples of it and there's probably not so good examples of it for you guys. Redline was successful in helping you get this thing launched. Like you mentioned, get two of these things launched within a short window of time. Now, we, we sort of touched on and alluded to the model of it. Obviously, the demographic is 8 to 18 youth sports performance, like you mentioned. But, Anthony, how is that actually delivered? Is this like a larger group setting? Is this a smaller semi-private? Is this done one-on-one? How, what, is, what is the actual model of this? So um, the meat and potatoes of our um, service is the semi-private. And we cap that at 20 kids per class. Um, and that can fluctuate between... Um, five to 10, or it can go all the way to, to we max out at 20 kids. Um, we do offer one-on-one services. We offer um, sports-specific services, um, just depending on what the, you know, the clientele need is. Um, but we usually try to have a one coach to 10 kid ratio um, for the class. Um, and we don't have it age-specific, so we can have eight eight year olds in the same class as 18 year olds, you know, I we just kind of, you know, we just kind of meet the kids where they're at, you know, their reps and their, their actual activities um, don't, aren't, aren't literally the same, but they're, you know, we're working on the same focus group. So for example, if the uh, movement focus is agility based today, you know, um, the eight year old is going to be working on some stuff, you know, some lateral movements. So with 18 year old. Yeah. Now, how does the membership of this work? Because, it would one would assume that with sports for youth specifically being so seasonal, the membership would be seasonal a little bit too. But how do how do people pay for this? Are they paying month to month? Are they paying for a season? Are they paying for a year? How does that look for you guys? Yeah, great question as well. Um, so our, our our base package is it's it's a membership model. Um, we offer classes Monday through Friday, Saturday mornings. Uh, you pay a monthly fee and you can come in as, as many times as you like. Okay. Uh, generally, you know, our preferred is an annual unlimited membership. Um, people can do monthly memberships. They're much more expensive. Um, uh, we've also rolled out new packages where it's a 52-week membership. And this is really to cater to the people you just mentioned where they have sports and they, they struggle to come in and use the facility for a two-month period during the season. So it's 52-week membership is actually you pay weekly. Um, but you're able to pause your membership at different times um, and really put it on hold. So it kind of eliminates that 
uh, I need to terminate after two months or I'm worried about an annual commitment. Um, this is one where it's a 52 week, you pause it for six weeks during the season, you still have a 52 week commitment, you're just pushing it six weeks out. And as soon as your season is over, you come back in. But we also, you know, we also see a lot of athletes that use this during in season where they come in, it's for recovery, it's for flexibility, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. for injury prevention. And so there's a mix of, of people that use it in season, but uh, they use it differently. And our coaches are, are very aware of um, who's in season, who's out of season, who's coming off of games. I mean, that's their job to really know, know the members and, and make sure that they're you know, putting them through the right type of training. Yeah. And, and I think that it, it has to make sense. And, and a lot of the time kids are playing sports year round at this point. So we may not have that structured off season anymore. That's, and so yep, absolutely. training becomes even more prevalent for you guys. I, I'm interested to hear your perspective on this because growing this sort of thing, finding new members and, and new people to join the business marketing for an eight to an 18 year old demographic is, is probably vastly different than marketing for Susie from accounting, joining a boot camp, and, and so what does, what does marketing look like for you guys? How have you been able to successfully bring in new interest in the business? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's all about social media today. Um, it's Facebook, it's Instagram. Um, but to be honest, you're, you're not marketing to the kids, you're marketing to the parents. Uh, and so you're still reaching out to the same demographic. Um, but your, your marketing materials need to help the parents understand that it's a youth offering and what it's about. So we're still, we're still um, marketing to those same people. We're, we're just making sure that the message is on point. This, this is a youth athletic training facility. Uh, you know, every once in a while, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get mom or dad who wanna, wants to come in and, and treat it like a gold's gym. And, and so just, just making sure that our marketing is on point. Uh, and then we're reaching out to the demographic of, with, uh, you know, parents with, with youth, at, uh, with, yeah. with youth in the household. Do you guys um, have but service offerings for mom and dad or that person looking to use the facility? Or is this something that we haven't, we've sort of shied away from? So we haven't rolled it out yet. We're, you know, what, what we focus on when we first open is our semi-private training sessions. Um, we want to make sure we roll that out. We focus on our membership. Uh, we provide them with a great product and, you know, we really uh, become really good at that. And then we start, we, we, we start building out other services. We start bringing in teams. We start providing sports specific camps and clinics. We'll, we'll start looking at parent boot camps in the mornings, uh, maybe something at lunchtime. So we'll start kind of filling out our resume of offerings, but first and foremost, uh, we, when we first open up, we focus on the youth athletic training. So Anthony is, is starting to work with other coaches and starting to work with trainers to, to, to come in and start some boot camps and things. And those are, um, you know, those are close to being rolled out in Kensington. Yeah, it's, uh, it can certainly be helpful in, for lack of a better term, an additional revenue stream for a business, right? With sports performance being so seasonal. I mean, you mentioned, sports agnostic so we can cater to different audiences at different times but i think there's a natural fluctuation anyway if we can stabilize that or offset it with something else there's there's probably value in that from a sheer numbers perspective do you know what i mean 
absolutely. And especially in the area we're at in the DMV real estate, it's fairly expensive. And so you need to make sure that you're monetizing your full facility. You're paying um, rent so in those early hours. That's for sure. You're paying rent in the early hours. You're paying rent for the entire facility. So you see a lot of, a lot of people building out gyms and they're like, I need a full basketball court and I need this and I need that. It's like, those are all great as long as you can make money off of them. And Right. So Kensington, you know, we're a bit of anomaly for a red line franchises. We have a full basketball court. Oh, you know, I, uh, most of them have half basketball courts. Our Clarksburg facility has a half basketball court. Um, but we, we felt that we found a great location. Um, D the DMV is a huge basketball hotbed and that we would be able to uh, definitely monetize that through team training, through camps, through clinics, uh, shooting machines, um, that there would be a lot of opportunities to monetize having a, having a full basketball court. Uh, so, you know, so we utilize our facility for that, but, you know, to the kind of the point of your podcast for the entrepreneurs out there, you know, when you're looking at the size of your facility, think about uh, what you're putting where and, and how you're going to monetize that. And that's one of the biggest benefits that Redline provided to us is helping us uh, with their, their playbook on how you design a facility, what you put where, how big should your weight room be versus your turf area? Uh, where do you install your batting cages? Do you go with a half or full basketball court? What equipment do you order? Those are, those are the kind of things you get, you know, from a franchise is uh, they've, they've kind of been there and done that and, and done it with 40 other facilities. And so while you get to make your own decisions and they're definitely not big brother, but they definitely give you, um, you know, the, points you down the right path and, yeah, and give you that experience is invaluable. Uh, yeah. Cause like you said earlier, there are plenty of ways to, to waste or overspend on things. This is exactly it. The build out of that is probably the biggest example there. Um, but to, to pull it back at least to the marketing side of things a little bit, once you do roll out these boot camps, does the marketing change? How does the marketing change if it does? Um, we, we would use the same delivery, uh, Facebook, Instagram, we would customize, customize our posts, customize our flyers to the different offerings. So, uh, if we're rolling out boot camps, it's still going out, uh, you know, we'd work with our social media company, but we, we would still send it out to the same demographics. You're still looking to the moms and dads. And to be honest, the people that are using these boot camps are probably already members, uh, their, their kids are members and it's the parents now who clearly live within that five to 10 mile radius, um, who may want to start going to a boot camp, or maybe they're going to a boot camp that's in a elementary school, uh, field in the back and, and want to come to a, a real facility. And there's a ton of trainers that are looking for facilities to train in. Um, so I think the marketing, you know, we're still sending it out to the same people. The messaging is, is a bit different and it's really just educating them on, this is what we do now. Um, we now offer this. You can join just as an adult and come in and do these, these training sessions in the mornings. Yeah. And so I want to kind of move the conversation down the field a little bit. Obviously, generating leads, that's great. But at a certain point, we need to transition those people into paying members. And so somewhere along the line is a sales process. Once someone reaches out to you guys, what does that process look like for them to eventually sign up? Sure. So you're, you're talking about Anthony's partner. Um, we have a director of business development at each facility. Owen is our, is our director, our DVD at Kensington. And so he's really the front of the house. He, he manages, um, you know, he manages the parents and their membership experience when they come in and then he hands that baton off to Anthony. 
and, and, and he trains, trains the kids and make sure they have a great experience. So we have a CRM tool. Uh, when we have leads that come in through Google, through Facebook, through Instagram, uh, off of our website, it goes into our CRM, mm -hmm. uh, which then uh, has a very automated um, workflow to it. As, as soon as someone sends in a lead, they get a phone call as well as a text and an email uh, to set up what used to be a virtual training session. Now it's a free training session um, for their child. And you know it, it has an immediate uh, touch point with them. And that workflow continues to work until um, uh, in, until a potential, until the, the parents uh, engage with us. Um, and then, then it then hands over to the DVD who then has, you know, kind of takes over that interaction and communicates them, communicates with them via our CRM. Um, uh, he'll, he'll either set up a virtual session and walk them through, uh, educating them on Redline and how we train and what we focus on, uh, what our membership model looks like, um, or they'll he'll have them come in now that we're post COVID and they'll uh, we'll offer a free training session uh, to their child. And while they're going through that training session, our DVD will give them a tour through the facility and then meet with them in the office and talk to them about the different uh, uh, membership opportunities and help them understand what Redline offers. And for us, the most important thing is to get them in the facility. Uh, our facilities are, you know, are extremely well designed. The logos are great. Um, there's a bit of a wow factor when you walk into the facility. So most important for us is for, for um, engaging with, you know, potential members is to get them in the facility, uh, make sure the child has a great uh, experience in their training and help the parents understand what our offering is. And we don't look at, at that we're, we're selling something. What we're, the way we look at it is we have a service uh, and the parents are clearly looking uh, for something like that and, and just helping them understand if we're a fit for what they're looking for or not. Yeah, more education than sleazy used car salesy, right? Exactly right. It's just education and trying to match up with what, what exactly do, do you need, understanding what they need, helping them see how we fit with that. And it's, it's definitely not a high pressure sales. It's a, hey, this is what we offer. If it's a great fit, let's, let's, let's keep talking. Yep. And so the natural next question here, at least as we typically handle on the podcast is to, to explore the idea of retention. I don't know if we have enough time open to really speak to retention yet, but for you guys, what do you think will contribute most to maintaining clients longer term. Yeah, that's, that's definitely uh, on, on the forefront of our thinking as a, as a new gym, uh, as a new facility that's just opened is, you know, we spend a lot of marketing dollars. We spend a lot of effort to, to get the members in. And now what do we do to, to maintain them and keep them? And at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's having, having the athlete enjoy their experience, um, having the athlete like coming, and from a parent's perspective, if the athlete is happy and they feel like uh, they're seeing progress, they're seeing improvement, uh, they don't have to fight uh, their child to get to the gym, then your odds of keeping them are you know, much, much higher. And then I think also the flexibility in the packages that we offer, being flexible uh, when someone is, you know, we're going through it right now. People, you know, people in the DMV are, uh, 
you know, and people everywhere, to be honest, um, are, are going to be out for the summer. You know, they're going to go to the beach and they're going to be, they're going to be at the beach for two months and they're not going to be able to use the facility. And I think being flexible and understanding uh, when kids are in season, uh, when you have significant travel and being willing to pause memberships um, and, and work with the, work with the family um, sure. helps, you know, helps make it a working relationship, uh, helps them feel like you, you truly do have the best interests of, of their athlete in mind versus making sure you just get that monthly fee every month. So I think yeah. being flexible, providing a great experience for the kids and helping the parents, you know, see that, you know, they're really getting some, some benefit for the money that they're spending every month. Absolutely. And, and, and just to, and just to add on to ahead, um, that, uh, I think, I think building a genuine relationship with, um, with, with, with our customers um, is, is super important for retention um, for the, for the younger kids. If it's just having a conversation with them about how school went or, you know, for the older athletes, you know, getting the link to the games that they're playing to watch it or to going out to see games and then, you know, giving them like practical examples of how we can continue the development as opposed to the theoretical um, things based on like the research we have on the back end. So just building genuine relationship with these families um, kind of just makes them feel part of the family as opposed to um, what Mark said is just, you know, paying a monthly fee and then getting on with it. So Yeah, understood. And so guys, I mean, it's, it's, it's valuable. We're talking about the business as it stands now. The business is so new that it's, it's an even more exciting conversation to have to ask about sort of where you see this thing going longer term. For both of you, feel free to answer either one of you. What do you see as the big picture of, of at least the locations that you have now? Um, from, from my perspective, I think it's really being a part of the community. Uh, when you look at Clarksburg and Kensington, having Redline kind of be that place that when kids get to that year, seven to eight-year-old age, that they know that's the place that they can go to start developing their athletic abilities. When the little brothers and the little sisters become of age, they, they want to go there because you know their siblings have went there. So I think really being part of that community the local high school, elementary school, middle school, the local clubs are aware of Redline, building relationships with them. I think that's, you know, really what Anthony and Owen at Kensington and Marcus and, and Clarksburg are doing is, is working with the community um, from a sports perspective, the coaches um, at, the, at the schools in the area uh, and the local clubs and making sure they're, um, you know, we have great relationships with them and, and they, they know that, I, if, if, if their kids are coming to Redline, then, you know, then they're getting a great experience. So from my perspective, obviously we're, we're building a profitable business, but, you know, we're really kind of ingrained in the community and, and people know who we are and, and we're kind of first, first place to go for youth athletic training. Yeah. And I think it's always a, a fun conversation to have to explore the big picture for you guys in the next year or so, what's sort of the big target? What's like, if we accomplish this, we're going to consider ourselves a success. Um, you know, from my perspective, you know, we're, we're on a race to get to 200 members. Um, okay. um, once we get to 200 members that gets you, um, you know, financially to a very good place. And, and from my perspective, I'm a, I'm an owner, but I'm not an onsite owner right I, I have a day job and I have a um, 
you know, I have a huge reliance on, on Anthony and Owen and Marcus to run my facilities. And so financially getting to a place where you're profitable is a huge success. And then I think, you know, whatever business you open up, you're investing in people uh, and, and having a great staff, uh, having DVDs and DSPs that really um, view, view, view red, the red line facility as their facility and, and building out our offerings so that if you're a soccer player, a lacrosse player, a basketball player, you know, whatever our membership needs are, they, they can go to our facility and get that training. Um, you know, when it's off-season basketball, you know, we're going to have basketball coaches in. Um, you know, we're working on their skills. When it's off-season soccer, lacrosse, we're going to do the same thing. So it really depends on what our membership needs are. But, you know, we provide a full suite of, of offerings. And, and we're, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, fully monetizing, fully utilizing the great facilities that we've built. Yeah, and it certainly will evolve over time. I think because things are so fresh and so new, you have so many different opportunities and options with which you can go, right? That's the exciting part of this. There are so many different ways to serve, not only just the clientele that you currently have, but this new demographic that you guys will be breaking into soon. There are plenty, plenty, plenty of different routes to go. Guys, that's a pretty yeah, good Yeah, I'd like question. to l let, let Anthony um, talk about, I think one of, one of my goals, and I know Anthony would be, uh, as, we, you know, as we get more mature, is, is seeing those kids develop. And, you know, right now we have three month relationship with kids, but a year, year and a half from now, he's going to, you know, you know, Anthony talk a bit about, you know, your goals when you see the kids develop and how you, you know, help mold them into a greater athlete. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, from having kids come in at four five, six with the intro to sports, you know, it can be as, you know, as little as having them getting ready to make a team. And then when they are part of that team, can we, actually help them continue to go through whether it's junior varsity or varsity or whatever their goals are, right? I think that's one thing that I try to pay attention to is having that conversation with the parents and the kids as to what it is that their goals are and helping them reach that goal. Sometimes it's just having a kid feel confident about their physical ability, right? And so if I can help a kid do that, I think that's just, that speaks just as, as much volumes as having them make, you know, first team all conference or whatever the case may be. So um, it's just being fluid, being flexible in what it is that, um, how it is that we can help these kids. You know, it's, 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 you know, I look at it as more, more than just a training facility. We're, we're actually helping kids, you know, build their health, you know, um, they, they're coming in, you know, some of these kids are not confident, you know, and mom and dad wants to kind of get them in the gym. I'm just as happy to work with that kid than the, you know, the five-star athlete, you know? So yeah. I think just being flexible, meeting, you know, clients and families where they're at and being able to serve them um i think ultimately is 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 what i get the most joy out of so. sure and and i think i mean everybody gets into the industry for for various reasons it all resorts back to we want to help people we want to help the kids xyz selfishly from a business perspective you guys develop these relationships young they make their varsity team potentially play in college but for example, if we do roll out these adult offerings, we know where they're going to go, right? We've already worked with them for years and years and years. And so it's a, it's a natural sort of evolution along the way to bring them back once they are that quote unquote adult client and no longer fit in that youth category. So certainly, uh, 
certainly a, a viable option for you guys. That's a good place for us to start to wrap things up. We're running a bit shy on time, but before we get out of here, I want to give you guys the chance to tell people where can they learn more about these locations? Is there specific social media for the two clubs? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a Facebook page. There's an Instagram page for both Clarksburg and Kensington. Um, redlineathletics.com is, is our homepage. And then you can select our location or any other locations, depending on where you're at. Um, so every, every state, every, every city location is at redlineathletics.com. Uh, there's a, uh, information interest, um, uh, form on the website. You fill that out. That gets you into, um, our, um, our, um, you know, get you into our system and, and allows us to connect you and start the process for, uh, educating you on what Redline provides, educating you on what a membership looks like, getting you into facility. Um, so that, that's the best place is go to the website, go to Instagram. Absolutely. Fantastic. Guys, I really appreciate your time and, and your insight. I think it's a tremendously exciting venture and, and it sounds like you're at the very beginning, at least of, of operations, not necessarily of getting this thing launched, but of operations. So we'll have to invite you back on down the road and, and see how this shapes up as time goes by. I can't thank you enough. Thank you to the two of you and, and we wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Great. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Joe. Absolutely. Right. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.